Well, g'day everyone. It's Wesley here from Business Blessings and welcome to episode 13 of the Sacrificial Succession podcast. Paul Rattray, so great to be with you again. Yeah, it's awesome to be here, Wes. Paul, very fascinating topic today, um, parent or teacher. And you've got the, um, the scripture 1 Corinthians 4.15. For though you have countless guys in Christ, you do not have many fathers. And and uh, we'll get to a report that you've referred to in this before. So it's made me a bit teary as I've been preparing for this podcast today. But we need more fathers and mothers. <laughs> yeah, um, we need more of the right sort of fathers and mothers, you know, and that's the point that Paul is making. Uh, this is Paul of Tarsus uh, speaking to um, Timothy and presumably others. Um, you know, where he's talking about really a unique relationship that he has between them as uh, he's their spiritual father and they're his spiritual children. They're, they're not related as far as we know. Paul never married and never had any biological children. Um, but these were his spiritual children, his adopted children. Uh, we talked about a scripture in one of the other podcasts where it promises uh, as a prophecy of Christ that he shall see his seed. Well, again, we know that Jesus did not have any biological children. So what it's talking about are his spiritual children and through the Holy Spirit, that's, that's us. But more specifically at the time, it related to his disciples. This is a really unique relationship. It's a really powerful relationship. And um, I, I believe that in many cases it's missing um, in the world today. And so, you know, it's tragic. Uh, I know you've read the article <laughs> that, I, that I mentioned in the, um, in, in the book and in the devotional. Um, it's tragic. So. Paul, you think about the relationships that we have today, like particularly in an employment setting, and and a lot of this is taking place, a lot of what we're talking about in sacrificial succession is taking place in employment setting. And the whole relationship between employer-employee seems to be very different today than what it has been in the past. Um, but there's always been this kind of division, isn't it, that the, the, the employers didn't really talk to or relate to the employees it's kind of like you're there and that kind of has waned and and it really depends on the people involved as well but you're talking about taking it to another level like more a master apprenticeship yeah yeah and i mean obviously the the word master can be misunderstood there but but the idea i mean paul talks about this himself in terms of how he built the churches he said as a master builder I built the foundations. That's what we're talking about. It's about someone who has been through life long enough for them to be able to have something of value that they can invest in someone else who perhaps hasn't, but has the potential. Um, And if you look at the people that Paul chose, you'd have to wonder uh, in some cases and Jesus as to their potential (laughs) in comparison you know to the giant of a man that paul was yes and yet he understood 
yes. that if he was to multiply the impact of the work that he had been called to start, it was only going to happen by his personal investment yep. in his successors. Um, and, you know, I think it's very pertinent when you look at the verse, he talks about, you know, you have countless guides or in other versions, it says instructors or teachers. Um, well, you could, you know, multiply that exponentially when we think about what you can learn online. And we talked about that last week. Just Google it. You can find any number of people who can instruct you or guide you or teach you to do something. I'm not in any way, please. And, um, you know, you're sitting there. I was a university lecturer. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, it's not denigrating teaching others in any way what it's saying is this is a different relationship entirely to the role of teaching instructing coaching and even in a sense mentoring where the purpose of the mentoring is to pass on skills and life knowledge without any uh, further um, expectation of that relationship being in a sense successional so it's it's very much you know paul the apostle jesus saw these people that they were investing in as the next generation of leader in our project it's the same we are coaching we are mentoring we are instructing but it's with the objective in mind that at some point those people that we are investing our lives into, not just our knowledge, are going to be that next generation who carries on the work that we've started or the work that we are continuing from a previous generation. I think one of the differences, and I've just noticed this because we've just finished um, 12 weeks of teaching more subjects and the week 12 is always very interesting. Um, but you but you have a curriculum, you have a specific topic that you need to talk talk about, but then actually getting the students to think across subjects is, is what I find is, you know, often I'm saying, that, don't you remember we taught this in this subject? Now you need to take this and apply it here. And often the instructional stuff is all specifically around doing, learning a specific thing. But the master apprentice, the master tends to be able to bring it together doesn't even say, yes, you've learned this, you've learned this, now let's bring it together, let's put it together, what does this look like? And, and I'm seeing it, you know, my, my son has got an event coming up and, and he's just had to sit back and say to him, okay, yes, you're doing really well in this, but you need to look at the bigger picture about what's happening and pulling it together and then guiding and leading and then being much more specific um, for the person that is your apprentice as well. Knowing yeah. their callings, knowing their giftings and releasing them into that as well. Yeah, and it's knowing the context. Um, it's not just the process of getting information and knowledge across or even integrating that knowledge or helping them to integrate that knowledge, if you like, across platforms or disciplines. But this is much more, I was actually talking to my mentor this morning and he was saying, you know, for every one of the people that he mentors around the world, you know, he mentors guys in Africa and ladies, um, uh, leaders 
in in other places in the world and he said what what i do normally is i i spend an hour every morning reading the news and going through what is happening in the particular countries and areas where the people i'm mentoring um and investing in i want to understand the context i want to understand what they're going through it's also involves you know he said i want to talk to their kids i want to see how they operate within their families so this is a much more holistic thing perhaps you know the other example i use there is of a sort of an adoptive parent Um, i don't necessarily mean adopted in the legal sense Um, but a lot of what i learned in life came from adoptive parents because i drew up grew up in a tribal society in borneo amongst dayak people and the men in that culture they adopted me as one of their children in a sense but not in the biological sense you know like i'm white (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're a different color to me of course i stood out um but the point was they invested in me their knowledge about life they spent time showing me hey you try this um you know the little white boy with probably 12 uh, 10 thumbs <laughs> compared to them but it's spending time showing them developing a relationship i'd spend hours listening to them talk about their experiences it's that sort of relationship that i'm talking about which is much more than simply the transfer of knowledge and there is a difference i mean paul you're a father of six kids i'm a father of four kids you know you're looking at your kids and you're you think differently about them to what you, like I think about my students, for example, because, you know, I'm trying to get my students through and and even though, you know, they sometimes sit and ask me fatherly things and you input that into them, I know it's only for a set period of time. Whereas a father is for life. Like it's just, yeah. you know, there's ongoing and you want to see them grow and develop and walk with them and see them reach their potential as to what yeah. they have. It's a very different attitude. It is. And if you, if you, you know, you hear how Paul talks about Timothy as Timothy, my beloved son. Yeah. Um, You hear how Jesus prayed for his disciples in John and then, you know, us by extension. Um, That's the sort of love, that sort of desire for relationship that we're, we're talking about. And, and that's a very different, it's, again not in any way knocking the sort of work that you do where's and the sort of work that i do we've got to be great communicators we've got to do all those things well in terms of teaching guiding mentoring coaching instructing all of these things are really important but they are a different relationship to what we're talking about here and if you look at the statistics which i know you've have there is something wrong in the world today. Um, and that something wrong is not a lack of, an inf- uh, of access to information and knowledge because the people who are suffering the most from 
what would appear to be a lack of quality relationships don't have any issue with accessing information and being able to get everything they need to know potentially to do something. They've got this. Like Absolutely. Even I was just on a, another Zoom call this morning and someone said to me, man, even the people in Afghanistan all have mobile phones. And I was like thinking, well, of course they do. You know, like, I mean, it's a common thing around the world that, you know, we have access to everything at our fingertips now. But, Paul, we were referring to this report here coming in from the cold, uh, why we need to talk about loneliness amongst our young people. And I think, as I said to you before, I found this harrowing to read. Um, it just, the cost of loneliness, the cost of disconnection, um, you know, and some of the, yeah, just the way we've structured our society. It's, it's terrible. It's actually causing this problem. It's terrible. And so, you know, really the question, the question that we had to ask, you know, in, in our projects and in the situations where we were working was really because we were in really hard places where if we didn't do this immediately, then the consequences were immediate. Our projects would, that they'd fall over. They would fail. I, I guess for many people perhaps who are listening to this podcast and, and perhaps have read the book or thinking through this, they're like, yeah, but it hasn't happened yet. You know, it's not an immediate, it's not an immediate need. Well, I sus- I, I, I challenge you, not you specifically, Wes, but I challenge you yeah. to read a report like this and say that this is not an immediate need in our society for the older generation, the predecessors, to start investing in a loving and caring way in this current generation. I challenge you, because if you can read that, and say that this is not an immediate problem. And if you think about it this way, if I'm not mistaken, the greatest killer of young people in Australia is um, suicide. Yeah. So if you tell me that it's not an issue, there's no problem here, um, then I'd challenge you to read a report like this and say, well, actually, it's already happening now. Uh, We may not have felt the full consequences because our society is very good at hiding these things. But that doesn't mean that the damage isn't being done, even if we can sanitize things a lot better than other cultures can because of the infrastructure that we have, our health infrastructure, the massive amount of money that we throw at things. But at the end of the day, the consequences are the same. It's just that they are hidden better in our society than perhaps in others where it's more raw and more obvious and say the trauma and the, you know, PTSD, the post-traumatic stress disorders, et cetera, of being exposed to these things are not as well buffered from the society perhaps as we are. But to me, this is one of the small ways that we can actually do something concrete. We can't change necessarily um, all of this. Uh, we may like to, but we can't, but we can actually act 
individually, especially people in leadership, in organizations, in companies. We are the people who have influence over others. And so this is an opportunity to ask ourselves, am I willing to do that? Or am I just happy to be a teacher yeah. or a manager? Or am I actually willing to become a parent in the true sense of the word to someone who's not my biological child? That's the big question. Um, I've got a lot of stuff going around my mind. Paul, like I'm thinking of, you know, Clifton Strengths have, uh, the Clifton organisation has surveyed nearly 30 million people now and what they're saying in organisations is, what really keeps people connected is having a friend in the organization. So, but this has gone much further than that. This is having someone who, who has a love for them, a care for them, who's committed to them, to walking with them. And like, you think about it, if, if we all took on someone like that, even just one other person or two other people, three other people, like, like your mentor has, has 35 of them around the world, like that can actually make a huge impact just in small numbers. Because It has made a huge impact. Uh, just speaking of him specifically and, and some of the people that I'm mentoring around the world, just, just one. Don't, don't start big. Yeah. Just one person. Invest in one person in an intentional, deliberate, willing way, um, sacrificially and he was saying to me, he has 11 guys, I think it's in Uganda. And of those 11 guys now, each one of them have one person. Yeah. One person. And the impact that that's already had has been amazing. That They're like, we can't believe the impact that we're having. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I challenge you, but also encourage you that when you do that, um, I learn more about, anything that I'm teaching from spending the quality time that I do with the people that I'm mentoring and investing in yeah. than, than I've ever done, you know, in, in a sense, cold calling information yes. and accessing. Yeah, sure. You yes. can use all sorts of ways. I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good researcher. Um, I had to do a doctorate. So I know yes. that's not a relationship. No. <laughs> it's accessing information. I am um, terrified. Sorry, like uh, last week is the last week of semester, and we don't have to teach anything per se because everything's done. All the assignments are in. It's just for us to mark. And last week's a catch up. So last week, um, some of my students, I had students from India, Vietnam, China, and Australia on the phone. So they're all in class. They're all between the ages of say eighteen to twenty. And and I so I asked them a question. Okay, is there anything you want to discuss? Um, you know, the last class, is there anything? And one of the guys said, how do I get a wife? And I said, what? He said, I need a wife. How do I find a wife? And then all these other guys, for some reason, I just had males on my call last week. I don't know what happened to my female students. But they said, sir, we want to know. Can we have a, can we, and I'm thinking, so suddenly I had to really change gears and think this is not anything what I had prepared for today, but actually to talk to them about how do you actually have a conversation with a girl? 
how do you reach out to one? How do you build it? And it was just like I came away from that blown away that that's what we discussed. But those, I mean, that's a significant life decision. You know, how, how do you find a partner? And where do they get that information from? And I, and I said to them, have you guys talked to your dads about this? But, of course, some of them didn't have dads. Um, some of them know that they're probably going to have an arranged marriage, but they didn't want an arranged marriage and stuff like that. So it was a very in-depth conversation. But I just thought, man, they need a father. They just need yeah. a father to sit down and have a chat to. I mean, there's, it's, there's a lot of that relationship building stuff. And all this stuff that we're talking about in business is business or ministry, whatever the content is, is actually about relationship. But who are we to go to to talk to and learn that stuff and see that stuff modeled, which is really what you're talking about here? Well, it is because if you think about, um, you know, if you're in, say, a business or in an organization and, and you want to invest in a successor, then they need to see. They need to see leadership modeled by you in all of the different contexts that are important for not only the organization itself, you know, someone's livelihood ultimately, but it also life. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's why the sort of relationship that we're talking about, it's not a nine to five. No. Um, it's actually investing in someone's life yeah and modeling that so that they can see you know that there's some rough edges yeah life's difficult things happen like you're talking about how do i find a wife these are things that you need to spend time they they don't just they don't happen no you know no, no. And, and uh, this is the, the research shows too that the stuff that happens at home has a huge impact about the more work. And I've seen a lot of stats around, like, for example, if they have financial difficulties at home, the impact that that has on the workplace because they're not fully concentrating on what's going on or that kind of stuff. It's the same with relationship issues. The number of um, business owners I talk to that are dealing with issues around domestic violence and those kind of things. Are, are really key and stuff today, but that so what's happening in the workplace affects what's happening. Uh, sorry, what's happening at home affects that's happening in the workplace. And if you're part of the um, succession process, is actually to see, like, do they have a stable relationship at home? How can I help them? And so, but they need that to be modelled as well, which is key in that. Yeah, as well. yeah, and it's like it isn't easy. It's easier to teach. It's easier to guide. It's easier to instruct. Um, it's much more challenging to have that relationship like an adoptive parent because you're so much closer to that person. Yeah. And yet we know, research tells us that, but we also just know instinctively that that's the most powerful relationship that we can have it's it's a no-brainer yeah. but it's really difficult to take those intentional steps and do it and i was just thinking paul it does get messy like you think about having your own kids 
like for the first couple of years, you're 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 helping them toilet, you're wiping their bum, you're cleaning up nappies. Like it, it's it's very messy. But then things start to grow and things start to come and play. And look, I know I've had people who've who've helped me along the way who have um if, when I've got in difficult situations, like I, you just because you do get yourself in messes as you go, and and having someone like a master can actually help you to pull and say, "Yep, we see what's this. This is the way to do it." Or you know what? Sometimes the master actually needs to pick up the phone and go meet with the person and sort something out on your behalf. And and see, and then but that multiplies down the track. You see that with others as well. Yeah, and that's why you know the the emphasis is so strong in sacrificial succession about an ongoing relationship. The handover is not the end. No, you know it's not a cliff's edge. It's not a breaker in terms of a wave, but it's much more um, even because we actually want the ongoing insights and advice of someone mature who's been through the process. Yes. Has, yes. You know, they've got that life experience, especially yes. in that particular field yes. um, that can help us and yes. maybe help us to avoid some of the you know, pitfalls that we may not be aware of. Yeah, that's right. It's so good. So it's, this is a long-term thing. This is not just, I need to find someone to replace me tomorrow. This is, I need to find someone to replace me in three, four, five years' time or shorter, maybe shorter, depending on what it is, but it's a commitment to them for the long yeah. haul. You know, that, that's why Jesus said to his disciples, I'm telling you this now so yeah. that when it happens, you'll remember what yeah. I told you. Yes. Um, that's the process right there. It's actually talking about what's going to happen later now. Yes. So that we're actually intentionally thinking and working through this. And it can be very upsetting, you know, like I share in the book. When I first shared this with the guys and gals in East Timor, they cried. They wept. Yes. Because they thought, you know, we're going to lose our, our adoptive parents. And we assured them that's not going to happen. Yes. It will happen eventually. Yes. But... It's not going to happen. We're going to walk with you. Yes. We're going to talk with you. We're going to go through this process with you. Yes. And we've done that in all the places that we can. Of course, it can be messy. Yes. But as you say, uh, but it's a commitment, an intentional commitment to say, you know what? We're not going anywhere. But our relationship's changing. Yes. Um, You know, and so it's... um, it's a challenge, but we've seen it work and it won't work if you're not willing to take the first steps, which is what we're talking about here and start to evaluate. Am I a parent in terms of my relationships or am I a teacher? Actually, I was, um, we've got some things coming up and I thought, uh, it really doesn't matter what age that person is because uh, there's a couple of things going on. It was like God said to me, 
you need to step in and just help them go to the next level. Now, some of these are in their 50s and 60s. And, and like it's, you know, it's, but it's actually saying, okay, hang on a minute. I recognize the call on your life. Let's stand together. Let's work this out. Let's carry this through and see it happen. So it's not, I've been struck this, it's not just about the younger ones, but it, they could be any age. Yeah. This is a principle. I mean, it, you know, you look at when, this hasn't been handled well in the situation with Joshua going into judges. Yeah. You know, Caleb is still going strong, but because there has been no proper succession within that situation, you know, he's offering someone who's going to marry his daughter, like rewards to try and get them motivated to capture the territory that they were supposed to have captured. Yes. And and to me, that's why you have to work with people at any age. I mean, Caleb obviously saw this need and he, and he tried to do that through his son-in-law. Yeah. Um, But it's any age because if the, if the conditions are there for things to become chaotic, like we've talked about, yes. then you have to intervene to bring about order. Yes. Otherwise, you're just heading towards the inevitable. That's right. And nothing's going to change unless you do something about it. Yes. And that involves having some tough conversations sometimes. Yes. But, but the difference here is that you're doing it in, in love and in care and concern for the person as well as the bigger picture about what's going on. And you're marrying those two together, um, which, is very, which is very different to what happens in corporate world today. Yes, and that's because of the adoptive analogy yes. that, that we've used here is, you know, um, that's your duty of care. Yeah. It's a much higher duty of care if that yeah. person we are treating as an adopted son or daughter or, or father or mother. Yeah, that's yeah, right. The other back the other way. Yes. Okay. So Paul, we need to wrap up today, although we could go sure. on uh, and do that. So the question for the, for you who are listening, who is your adopted child, your successor? And how do you treat them as a loved son or daughter? Because that's that's a very different thing. And a meditation for you, I must give mateship to my successors and receive it from my predecessors. Are you a friend to an instructor of successes who would help me to be a good spiritual father or mother to my children? just want to pick up on that because sometimes we, we need to be that master to others when we actually don't have someone ourselves, which can like, I mean, it's hard when you, like you've had to, like you have someone, but others may not have someone as well, but but they've got to be again, this. you know, whereas none of this has happened by accident. No, you know, I've been super intentional. Yes. About have, and, and I've lost some for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, it's being super intentional about having a adoptive mother or father. Yes. My, my dad's died many years ago. Yes. I don't have my dad with me. Um, I need that. Yes. But there are people that need me, believe it or not. 
Yes. Um, and that's another thing we have to work through. But I was very intentional about the term mateship. Yes. Because that's a very powerful term, yeah. especially that we use in Australia, um, that really captures what we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, we're not just talking friendship at a peripheral level. This is mateship. Yes. Um, you know, that person is like my mate, my good mate, and yeah. I'm going to go in there and bat for them yes. and advocate for them yes. and work with them and invest yes. in them and them in me. Um, that's what we're talking about here. And so, you know, it's, it's really challenging you and me and those who are listening to say, do you have one, someone like that in mind? Yeah. And in heart. Um, and if you don't, get in there and do it. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and this is where God guides you, isn't it? You start praying about it. You start reflecting on it. And, and for God to provide someone who's your predecessor as well as your successor, you know, in, on both ends of that coin. It's very interesting you said that. My mentor said that exact thing this morning. He said, when we seek these things out in prayer, you would be surprised and amazed as how God brings people along. You know, I often say people come out of the woodwork yeah. that you just, like, it's just amazing. Yeah. But you have to take, you have to take that step. That's right. You know, Jesus went down to the water to meet fishermen and said, I will make you fishers of men. Yeah. He took intentional steps. Yes. We need to also be intentional about what we're doing. But like you say, believe in faith. Yeah. And I've seen it happen time and time again. Yes. So I can assure you it will happen when you take those steps intentionally. And sometimes that may be just a little whisper from God saying this. Absolutely. Is or someone just pops up on our radar that we never expected. Yeah. Um, or never, in a sense, thought about. Yeah. And yet it's like, oh, well, of course. Of course. It all makes sense now. That's good. Yeah. Well, bless you, Paul. This has been so. Oh, gee, I love our Tuesday mornings when we record these podcasts. <laughs> um. So our prayer for you guys that are listening today is that God will show you who is the one or who are the ones, because there may be yeah. ones yeah. Um, that God is calling you to be a, um, a father or mother too, in Jesus' name. Amen.